Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily dose of sanity from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. I'd love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on the vent line at 772-245-0750. Get something off your chest on the vent line at 772-245-0750. Well, as you no doubt know, uh, last night the Iranians... uh, responded to the killing of their terror mastermind, Suleimani, by launching appears to be about 30 uh, surface-to-surface missiles from Iran into Iraq, targeting two of our air bases in western Iraq, those areas that were formerly held by ISIS that uh, the United States have used to eradicate uh, that terrorist regime. And, uh, and of course, it's got everybody uh, in the media, and including uh, Republicans, sad to say, freaking out and uh, predicting that this is going to lead to an all-out war with Iran. That is not necessary, it is not appropriate, and it is not anything that this, uh, this president is uh, contemplating. Um. I expected that by this morning, those missile batteries where these uh, this attack originated from inside Iran would have been taken off the table and destroyed by uh, a U.S. military counterattack. I believe that that was the appropriate response. The very minimal response I believe that's required is, uh, uh, you know, to to take those military assets off the table so that Iran can never use them again. I would have probably even expanded on that and taken out their uh, sea-launched cruise missile capabilities as well uh, with their Navy in the Persian Gulf. But, of course, the the leftist media in our country, all the networks and and, uh, the uh, legacy newspapers, uh, rushed to... Uh, forward the narrative from the Ayatollahs that uh, this, you know, was uh, the uh, the mullah's righteous response to the killing of Suleimani. It appears, if that's the case, uh, that it was a very ineffective response because no U.S. troops at either of these two air bases were killed, and uh, and Trump did not respond in kind. Um, people need to get it straight in their heads, including Tucker Carlson and including a lot of the uh, anti-war 
um, voices on the right that retaliating against a rogue terrorist regime when they attack you is not the same as toppling their government, invading their land, putting American troops on the ground, and occupying them in, you know, uh, indefinitely. There is a middle ground, and it's a middle ground that uh, was uh, taken by Ronald Reagan very successfully that makes uh, America's enemies pay a price without foolishly uh, committing American troops and then going over there and wasting our blood and treasure and not being able to get out. But I believe these uh, these mullahs have once again badly miscalculated by firing these missiles at U.S. bases in Iraq. And I would have expected by this morning that uh, those missile batteries, at the very minimum, would have been taken out. Trump tweeted out, all is well, and did not respond and did not address the nation. And I think this is designed to sort of uh, reassure uh, a shell-shocked nation after almost 20 years of these foolish invasions and occupations that he would not act rashly. But I do completely expect and hope that uh, Iran will pay a price for this. Otherwise, it will just encourage them and think that they can get away with this without a response. Of course, the uh, the lunatic left took you know to uh, all of their social media to to try to claim that this was um, a uh, 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 well. What they were doing basically is forwarding the Iranians' narratives. Robert De Niro, that master of foreign relations, who's never served in the military, never you know said anything really uh that's made much sense took to twitter and got just thousands and thousands of retweets hundreds of thousands of retweets De Niro said a major development amid reports of u.s jets leaving their bases in uae it has been confirmed that iran's air force has taken off from its bases this risks becoming a full-scale war between the u.s and iran well that risk does exist but it is not uh, necessary, and it's not something the United States should engage in. I, if if uh, Iran had, in fact, deployed their air force, then uh, the appropriate response after a missile attack on our bases would have been to, uh, to take them down. But I, I would imagine that that Iranian air force confined itself to Iranian airspace, it appears that uh, Iran has once again blundered and uh, and mistakenly shot down a um, a Boeing seven thirty seven from the Ukrainian airliners that was bound for Kiev. It was uh, originally reported that it had crashed, killing all on board. I think it was about one hundred and eighty passengers. But I believe that before the day is over, we will learn that uh, that Iran, in fact, shot down that Ukrainian airliner, probably mistaking it for um, uh, an American counterattack. 
And, of course, the leftists and the media will scramble to their social social media platforms to try to claim that it was the United States that shot down the plane. Dan Crenshaw, um, he took to his uh, social media, and he is one of the sanest, most uh, measured responses uh, in Washington. He said, as anticipated, Iran would need to save face and continue their attacks. Keyword, he says, is continue. They know we'll hit back if we need to. And this is not a time for national, or I'm sorry, this is a time for national fortitude and unity behind our president as he assesses his next move. And that's exactly right. I I think that President Trump showed a great deal of restraint by not immediately uh, launching a counterattack on these Iranian missile batteries. He was probably, probably waiting to see you know, the, the scope of this attack by Iran. But um, if if anybody was about to wet their pants that this was going to result in an all-out war, maybe Donald Trump was able to, to soothe their ragged nerves. One of the smartest voices on uh, these limited military responses to provocations from our enemies is uh, Chris Winton, who, who appeared on Tucker Carlson's show last night. I, I wanted to bring you an extended clip of that because he is most certainly uh, right in line with Ronald Reagan's uh, philosophies on these these matters. Uh, but uh, they, they didn't post that, uh, that clip online. But I've got clip, uh, Chris Winton. He is a, a former advisor to the Trump campaign on foreign policy. He appeared with Lou Dobbs, and uh, this is what he had to say about the, the, the conflict in general and what should be our response. I think they have miscalculated badly. I expected a retaliation at most to be from some proxy of Iran, something that was potentially deniable, that wouldn't lead directly to U.S. retaliation. I assume the president's going to want to wait and judge the damage and and understand what's coming next and, and really what's behind the Iranian motivation. But this is fundamentally stupid, fundamentally reckless. And this regime that has torn up the Middle East for decades now choosing uh, to escalate in a most... I think so. You know, and there's this is a, a recurring uh, feature in history, in the history of the United States, and that despots around the world, those who would uh, do us harm, always underestimate the will of the American people and of our leaders. Uh, time and again, going back to the War of 1812, going back to the Revolutionary War, certainly throughout the 20th century, people look at us and they think democracies are weak. They see our political debates at home and mistake what, frankly, is just democratic debate for weakness and learn the hard way of our resolve when people set out to kill us to do us harm. Now, Iran has been conditioned by previous presidents uh, to frankly uh, expect no big reaction. If you look when they took our diplomats hostage when this regime came to power 40 years ago, while Jimmy Carter attempted a rescue effort with the military, it failed, and then there was no uh, follow-up. If you look at, uh, you know, they killed uh, Marines in Beirut in 1983, they killed uh, people at the Bar Tower barracks in the 1990s and hundreds of Americans in Beirut and Iraq, they never paid a consequence. I think we will retaliate. It'll, it'll depend on a number of factors, but it will be at a time and place of our choosing. 
Well, we, we're going to have to wait to see today whether, you know, uh, the president does respond or if he uh, waits for yet another escalation on behalf of the mullahs in Iran. But Chris Quentin made a, a, an important point there. You know, the killing of Soleimani was not done in a vacuum. It was not a rash act. Iran has been attacking the United States and its interests in the region for decades. And just in this latest confrontation, we got to keep in mind that it was just last May that Iran attacked uh, oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman, which um, is one of the key foreign policy objectives of the United States, and that's to maintain uh, the shipping lanes. Then a month later in June, they shot down that U.S. drone that was operating in international airspace. In July, once again, they attacked um, oil tankers in the Persian Gulf. Uh, They seized a British oil tanker. Then they attacked uh, the refineries of our allies in Saudi Arabia. You can question whether or not we should have the Saudis as allies. I don't believe we should. Then in December of uh, 2019, just... You know, a month ago, Iran attacked U.S. military bases inside Iraq. And then when the president responded, they attacked our U.S. embassy, which is de facto American soil. So when the uh, president responded by killing Soleimani, who should have been taken off the board decade uh, over a decade ago, the American media and the Democrats freaked out and really played into the the hands of the Iranians and I would argue empowered them to think that they could, uh, you know, strike back at American forces using missiles originating inside Iran. They're no longer, uh, you know, just using these proxy terrorist forces. They're now launching missiles directly at U.S. troops. So we're going to have to see how this develops today. I hope uh, the president, uh, at the very minimum, very minimum, takes out uh, the batteries where those missiles originated from. But we'll just have to see. So we've been uh, uh, highlighting this new sponsor on Mojo Five O, New Life Biofeedback, and uh, this is a great um, drug-free alternative to you if you're suffering from anxiety or insomnia or addictions. If you've got chronic pain or PTSD, if you're having negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs that are stopping you from achieving your goals, New Life is using advanced bio and neurofeedback systems employed by the Department of Defense, including the Navy SEALs, the U.S. Olympic team, NASA, and others to achieve optimal performance levels. Biofeedback and neurofeedback sessions are available remotely by phone or in their Chicago offices. And you can reach out and and get in touch with them by calling 888-4-BIO-LIFE. That's 1-888-424-6543. 
or you can go online and reach out at newlifeholistic.com. You tried everything else. Now try something that's proven. New Life is waiting for your call. So, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have been complaining bitterly that uh, they weren't notified that the president was uh, seizing the opportunity to take Qasem Soleimani, the notorious terrorist, out. Well, last night, the vice president uh, tried to get in touch with Nancy Pelosi to notify her of the Iranian attacks before anybody else knew about it. And what did Nancy Pelosi do? Well, she didn't take the call. She said she'd call him back. She got a call from the vice president of the United States in a time of heightened military tensions. Nancy Pelosi didn't have time for his call. Instead, she ran off to a an opening of a, uh, a new restaurant in D.C. I guess she had promised uh, to attend. She did ultimately call him back. But, um, you know, when the vice president calls in a time like this, you should take his call. Over at MSNBC and CNN, they were doing their best impersonation of uh, Tokyo Rose on, on Iran's behalf. This was after NBC, by the way, carried Qasem Soleimani's funeral live. Live coverage of Soleimani's funeral like it was some sort of state um, affair for the United States. Mm-mm. So it, it appears that uh, the Iranians have uh, have you know over overplayed their hand, bumbled in shooting down this um, this Ukrainian airliner. <laughs> this guy Tim O'Brien, he's a, uh, a notorious left winger. He, uh, he on Twitter he had a poll saying everybody feels safer with Trump at the helm as a, as the military and diplomatic stakes escalate in Iran and the rest of the Arab world. And his uh, responses were yes or no. I'm sure he was expecting that, uh, that he was going to illustrate his point that everybody is uh, against this. But in fact, 85% of respondents said, yes, in fact, they did feel safer with Trump at the helm. So, <laughs> you know, at that Suleimani funeral, it was pretty, I wouldn't, I guess I shouldn't say funny, but the, uh, the mullahs, of course, uh, attendance at this funeral was sort of mandatory. Anybody caught in their homes would be identified as, you know, not being in full support of the mullahs regime. So they had uh, hundreds of thousands of people turn out on the streets which caused a stampede. They killed at least 40 Iranians and injured, badly injured, hundreds of more. So it looks like this funeral for Soleimani, in fact, succeeding in killing more Iranians than the Iranians were able to kill uh, by attacking U.S. troops at those bases in western Iraq. Mike Pompeo had a uh, um, a press conference yesterday, and one of the reporters asked him uh, about Iranians' claims that uh, Soleimani was, in fact, in Baghdad 
on a diplomatic mission. Second. Yes, um, two questions, if you don't mind. Uh, Iran's foreign affairs minister, Zarif, uh, granted an interview saying that Soleimani was on a diplomatic uh, visit to Iraq, uh, that the U.S. strike to take him out uh, was state terrorism, that President Trump has prepared to commit war crimes, and that Iranians are enraged. First, that's the first question. I'd like your reaction to that. So, let's see. So, uh, Zarif's statement. Uh, uh, his first statement that is Soleimani was traveling to Baghdad on a diplomatic mission. Anybody here believe that? Is there any history that would indicate that it was remotely possible that this kind gentleman, this diplomat of great order, Qasem Soleimani, had traveled to Baghdad for the idea of conducting a peace mission? I, I, I made you reporters laugh this morning. That's fantastic. Uh, we know that wasn't true. We not only know the history, uh, we know in that moment that was not true. Zarif is a propagandist of the First Order, uh, and most of what you suggested in his uh, text message or email or message that you laid out there uh, was indeed uh, Iranian propaganda. It's not new. We've heard these same lies before. Uh, it's fundamentally false. Well, it was Iranian propaganda. The, the shame of all this is that the American media is allowing itself to be hijacked and as I said, become the Tokyo Rose for Iran by propagating their propaganda inside the United States. And, you know, I kind of worried at, at one point that this was having uh, an effect and that the, the nation was sharply divided on whether or not it was, it was wise to take out Soleimani. Well, we've got some polling now that have come in that shows that uh, the American people, by a majority do, in fact, support the president in his, uh, his taking out Soleimani, despite the fact that the, uh, the media has, has tried to sow the counter-narrative. Counter and Nikki Haley, I think, said it best on Fox. You don't see anyone standing up for Iran. You're not hearing any of the Gulf members. You're not hearing China. You're not hearing Russia. The only ones that are mourning the loss of Soleimani or our Democrat leadership and our Democrat presidential candidates. No one else in the world because they knew that this man had evil veins. They knew what he was capable of and they saw the destruction and and the lives lost based from his hands. Yeah, the American people know exactly what's going on. Uh, We we took out a a terror mastermind. We have uh, severely diminished Iran's capabilities to, to continue these proxy wars against the United States. I have no doubt they'll try to reconstitute their capabilities and, and relaunch, you know, uh, terrorist attacks throughout the region. And they'll probably target uh, Israel to try to, uh, to punish the United States. Bernie Sanders insists that <clears throat> Soleimani wasn't just a terrorist mastermind, but he was a government official of Iran a lawyer on these things that might be but this guy is you know was as bad as he was an official of the iranian government and you unleash then if china does that you know if russia does that you know russia has been implicated under putin with assassinating dissidents so once you're in the business of assassination you unleash some very very terrible forces and what well the democrats have rushed to iran's side and forwarded their narrative yeah i guess 
Suleimani was a government official, but he was a government official of a terrorist regime. Iran doesn't have the ability to project its power in the region through conventional military forces. What they have done, and it's going on 40 years now, is put together these terrorist proxies in order to to try to um, project their interests. And just because you dress somebody up in a military uniform doesn't mean he gets some sort of force field, uh, some bubble of protection for engaging in terrorism. I believe uh, the Americans will rally around Trump on Iran. I believe the president is going to be measured in his responses. I don't believe this is going to lead to any regime change or invasions or occupations. Donald Trump is going to do exactly what Ronald Reagan did. Punish our enemies for attacks on us while not giving them increased targets. Got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back and we'll catch up on the Democrats' impeachment charade right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily dose of sanity from an American first perspective. So we're going to get to the impeachment story, uh, but i got a, a few loose ends I want to wrap up with regard to Iran and the, uh, the killing of their terror mastermind, Soleimani, and the Iranians badly miscalculated response where it appears that they shot down by accident a Ukrainian airliner killing all 180 people on board. Michelle Malkin, I think, said it best that there's a simple plan to keep America great. She says, number one, stop exporting America's soldiers to countries that hate our guts. There's a good idea. If you don't put boots on the ground and try to occupy these nations and convert them into Jeffersonian democracies, then our enemies don't have any targets to attack us. And two, she says, and this may be even more important for the homeland, is to stop importing people from countries that hate our guts. And that's exactly the foolishness that this country's been engaging in. You know, in the 10 years after 9-11, we almost doubled the immigration from uh, these these Muslim countries that are hotbeds of terrorism than the 10 years before 9-11. Now, how does that make any sense? 
And the Christian Broadcasting Network ran a report recently about the jihadi training camps that have been allowed to take root in the United States as Obama's administration forced the CIA and the FBI and Homeland Security to back off because of uh, religious freedom and, and fear that they were going to offend CARE and the other Muslim Brotherhood supporting uh, lobby groups in the United States. Here's an excerpt from this report from CBN, uh, CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. It's a frightening thought. Islamic training camps right here in our backyard. As we've reported, investigators suspected their existence for years. Now this latest discovery shows they may exist in larger numbers than expected. There are so many people in the United States that espouse the jihadi extremist ideology who are doing either fundraising in the United States, training in the United States to conduct attacks here in the homeland and abroad. Former CIA operative Joseph Assad says extremists exploit laws in the United States like religious freedom, creating sleeper cells, often operating off the grid until they're ready to strike. In the CIA, we uh, we actually used to believe that it is by the grace of God and good work by our partners in the FBI that we had stumbled upon things such as the camp in New Mexico. At that compound, police say Islamic extremist leaders trained children to become school shooters. Investigators found 11 emaciated children and the remains of a three-year-old boy. An FBI agent testified they were told the three-year-old died as part of a ritual to expel demons. So they told the kids and they all seemed to genuinely believe that this boy would resurrect back is Jesus, and Jesus would tell them what targets to hit in terrorist attacks. Ryan Morrow with the Clarion Project says it's no surprise these training camps exist in the U.S., but it is rare to get evidence for a raid. Morrow says one known as the Jamad El Fruco group claims to have 22 training camps across the country. They haven't been cracked down upon because they're not going out and trying to kill people right now. Uh, They've done so in the past, but right now they're not. Why? Because when you build up an infrastructure that massive and you're making that millions of dollars and sending them over to Pakistan, why would you try to carry out a violent plot and risk losing everything? Morrow says most people think of radical Islam as just an act of terrorism, getting virgins in paradise. But radical jihadist groups have beliefs about the end times of Islamic prophecy, where a war will take place between a Messiah figure and the Antichrist. Most of them believe that that will be Israel, the West, someone from there. And when the Mahdi wages this war, he will win because Jesus will come to his side. The Muslim We've got to get serious about eradicating these radical jihadist forces inside the United States. We've got to get serious about securing our southern border. And you know what? We've got a lot of attention on the southern border because of all of the illegal immigration that that has spawned. But it's not just our southern border. We've got a a northern border with Canada, of course, that's twice as long. And the Canadians have been very permissive about allowing uh, immigration from these uh, terrorist hotbeds into their country and that uh, that northern border on canada is is even less protected than our southern border you can go out into uh, the frontiers in canada and just walk right into the united states i remember i guess it's been over 10 years ago now that um, there was a uh, a 
a demonstration on how easy it is to infiltrate the United States. Uh, this was actually on the southern border, but this uh, this guy uh, put together a backpack that had a uh, a nuclear logo on it, and he uh, he walked back and forth across the southern border repeatedly, and then just to drive home the point, he walked into the United States from Mexico got into a car uh, that picked him up on the highway and the car drove him to a, a federal building in Texas and he was able to walk right up to the building. So these suitcase um, sized uh, dirty nuclear bombs are a real threat and if we don't get serious about securing our borders north and south uh, we uh, we invite these kind of attacks that uh, that could be just absolutely devastating. Well, on the impeachment front, yesterday Mitch McConnell um, announced that he intends to move forward with this impeachment trial with or without the Democrats, and he is going to uh, use his Republican majority in the Senate to... Um, to go ahead and install rules, the same exact rules that they use for the impeachment of William Jefferson Clinton. And that is they will take presentations and arguments and briefs from the House managers on their bogus impeachment. And then they'll have a separate vote on whether or not to, uh, to call witnesses. Now I'm not afraid of witnesses. Um, I, I don't think that, uh, that, that John Bolton, who has now announced that he's willing to testify, will undermine this president or, or really has anything uh, that will hurt the president. But what's really interesting about this is uh, several Democrat senators. Well, before I move on to that, let me play you this clip of McConnell announcing yesterday that he has the votes to proceed. I think some of you already written this, but I wanted to make sure you understood that we have the votes uh, once the impeachment trial has begun to pass a resolution essentially the same, very similar to the 100 to nothing vote in the Clinton uh, trial, which sets up, as you may recall, what could best be described as maybe a phase one which would include, obviously, the arguments from the prosecution, arguments from the defense, and then a period of written questions. Because, remember, uh, senators are not allowed to speak during the impeachment trial. So, basically, written questions submitted uh, to either the prosecution or the defense through the uh, chief justice. At that point, during the Clinton trial, the issue of Uh, the appropriateness of calling witnesses was addressed. Obviously, that is the most contentious part of one of these uh, proceedings, and that'll be addressed uh, at that time and not before the uh, uh, trial begins. So this is Mitch McConnell uh, showing Nancy Pelosi that she is not going to be able to control the, the trial in the Senate. And now it's up to Nancy Pelosi, and the pressure is going to be great on her to go ahead and transmit these articles. And in fact, some Democrat senators have called for her to go ahead and send over these articles. Uh, it was three Democrat senators, Doug Jones of Alabama, 
Chris Murphy, which is kind of surprising, from Connecticut, and Joe Manchin. Also, Angus King, an independent from Maine, joined in uh, those calling for Nancy Pelosi to transmit her bogus articles of impeachment. As you know, Josh Hawley uh, introduced a resolution yesterday saying that if she does not transmit those articles of impeachment in the next week, that uh, that uh, the Senate is going to vote on a motion to dismiss. They're going to stop Nancy Pelosi from continuing to play games with her impeachment hoax. And uh, if uh, Hawley's resolution passes, which I believe it will, those, uh, those articles will be dismissed for lack of a prosecution. Hey, have you, uh, have you ordered your Mojo Cigar Series yet? This is three cigars available on Mojo50.com for a minimum contribution of $25. It's a nice selection. You've got the El Jaffe, a Connecticut wrapper, a mild cigar. The Handy J in a Habano wrapper is a medium spicy cigar, very similar to a Cuban. And the Stags, a bold but smooth Maduro for somebody who likes their cigars a little stronger, like me. All of these cigars are hand-rolled in Tampa Bay. I think Jen probably had something to do with that. By a Cuban America that fled Castro's communist revolution 50 years ago. And they are not a kind of cigar that you're going to be able to find in any cigar store. These cigars have a fantastic draw and a nice ash. Go to Mojo 50 and click on Shop Now. Get these three Mojo 50 cigar series for just $25. So, John Bolton has announced that he's willing to testify if the Senate subpoenas him without uh, resorting to the courts to tell him whether or not um, you know his testimony should be barred by executive privilege. And especially in the afterlight of this confrontation with Iran, which is a, a major interest of John Bolton, I'm glad John Bolton's no longer in the administration because he would be beating the wars for an, uh, the drum for an all-out war against Iran. But I don't think he's going to do anything to empower the Democrats or try to remove this president. In other news, the Department of Justice yesterday reversed its stance and withdrew their plea deal with Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and are now saying they want him to go to jail for six months. And this is a real head-scratcher because especially in the aftermath of the uh, Department of Justice's Inspector General report that exposed all of the misconduct that Comey and McCabe and um, and Strzok engaged in. You'll remember that Strzok was the one that, uh, that James Comey sent over to the White House in order to entrap Flynn. You would think that they would, uh, the Department of Justice lawyers would be chastened. But now they have withdrawn this plea agreement. And this was because, of course, Michael Flynn has lawyered up with Sidney Powell, who has exposed their entrapment of Michael Flynn. And, uh, and the Department of Justice lawyers are, uh, are now mobilizing. I think that Donald Trump should go ahead. And today, yesterday was a good day, but today will do. 
go ahead and pardon Michael Flynn. That would be um, a huge weight off of the lieutenant general's shoulders who has served this country faithfully and effectively for over 30 years. Let's say he lied to FBI investigators. Well, right after he uh, conducted that interview, the investigators in their reports said that he had not lied. But then, of course, Comey and crew twisted that around to say, in fact, he had lied in order to, you know, try to get Michael Flynn, who had been a, a target of the Obama administration for for uh, condemning Obama's efforts in the Middle East. Pardon Michael Flynn. Do it today. It'll be widely supported. It'll be justice uh, after this, all the wrongdoing uh, the Department of Justice engaged in, and it will put this sorry, shameful episode behind us. Well, guess what? CNN, the counterfeit news network, has settled its suit with Nick Sandman, represented by Lynn Wood, in the uh, Covington Catholic school smear that CNN and, and other networks engaged in. Lynn Wood had sued on Sandman's behalf for $245 million against CNN, and I guess CNN, realizing how over-the-top and dishonest their coverage of this episode was, did not want to expose themselves to a jury, and they have settled. I can imagine, having worked uh, for Lynn Wood as a private investigator, that this is a, a very large settlement because otherwise he would have taken this to trial. But now, if you're, uh, if you're Bill Maher or Kathy Griffin or Michael Rappaport or Anna Navarro or, for that matter, NBC or MSNBC, and you were one of these lunatics that took this opportunity to attack children, Catholic high school children, <laughs> you got to figure that uh, uh, that y- your day is, uh, is is coming. You're up next. I think um, Lynn Wood actually tweeted out that NBC is next in their targets. But I hope that uh, it also includes these very wealthy celebrities, Bill Maher, Kathy Griffin, Anna Navarro, and uh, and maybe they can um, they can be uh, eating ramen noodles for the rest of their lives. What was yesterday's poll? Yesterday's poll was if Iran attacks America again, should we tar- uh, which targets should Trump hit? And the results are 60% believe that we should go ahead and target their Navy and 40% believe we should target their oil refineries. Count me in for Iranians' Navy. I believe we should confine our targets to military uh, assets of that the mullahs in Iran used to forward their terrorist regime. I think the oil refineries would would punish uh, the Iranian people more by uh, reducing even further um, their economic uh, well-being. 
So I just uh, I just want to, in the time I've got left, again, appeal to people to calm down. We the, Donald Trump is not going to invade Iran. We are not going to put boots on the grounds. And we cannot allow Iran to attack U.S. military forces with their missile capabilities. And uh, we cannot allow a terrorist regime like Iran to have a navy to project, project its power. I know people are shell-shocked after decades of war, and you can, you can see it most clearly uh, with Tucker Carlson. But um, So on yesterday's show, I, uh, I reported that uh, CNN had brought on a so-called uh, truth uh, fact-checker to fact-check Babylon B, which is a Christian satire site. And, uh, and they were uh, uh, getting Snopes to try to deplatform Babylon B uh, because they were claiming that uh, people were mistaking Babylon B's satire for truth and that that constituted fake news. And, and having CNN talk about disinformation or fake news was uh, pretty rich to begin with. But now we've learned that this reporter, Donnie O'Sullivan, the same guy that was... Um, condemning Babylon B's satire has used his verified Twitter account repeatedly to retweet the onion, which is another satirical site. Obviously Babylon B uh, comes from a Christian, uh, more conservative perspective, although they do uh, poke fun at the right as well. But the same guy that said, uh, Oh, we can't have the satire that can be mistaken for real news, not only has he not uh, judged the onion by the same standards, but he has repeatedly retweeted the onion. And uh, last year, uh, the joke police over at the far left site Snopes were on a their their rampage against Babylon B with their goal uh, being to deplatform Babylon B. But after O'Sullivan went on CNN and launched his attack, Babylon's B founder, Adam Ford, decided to see uh, if O'Sullivan was unbiased and had, uh, had judged the onion by the same standards. He not only discovered that O'Sullivan had never expressed any concern over the onion sp- spreading what he would characterize as disinformation, but that he was a big fan of the onion. So this is again, a double standard. We see it again and again. And, uh, if it wasn't for double standards, uh, the people on the left would have no standards at all. Refugee resettlement. So, uh, you, you've probably read in the news that uh, all of these uh, governors, both Democrat and Republican alike, are uh, not taking advantage of the uh, Trump administration's ability to make the decision to uh, to deny uh, more refugee resettlement in their states. And now it's come out that uh, the, you know the four leading 2020 presidential candidates, after demanding more refugee resettlement in the United States, have not 
been the beneficiaries of this cultural enrichment that the refugees bring. Former Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and Mayor Pete Buttigieg, they all promise massive increases in flows of refugees into the United States if they're elected, but their home states, where they have residents, have largely passed on the burden of refugee resettlement as the Obama administration flooded red states with these uh, these burdens. For example, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where Biden and his, uh, his wife live and have a, a vacation home, I should say, have, have resettled a total number of refugees of zero between 2009 and 2019. In fact, the whole state of Delaware has only resettled 82 refugees in that 10-year period. In Wilmington, Delaware, where uh, Biden maintains his primary resident, less than 50 refugees were settled during that decade. In Warren's home residence of Cambridge, Massachusetts, that hotbed of uh, Harvard University, they've resettled less than 50 refugees in that decade, despite the fact that Warren's out there calling for a 700% increase in refugee resettlement. Well, what about South Bend, Indiana, where up until recently Mayor Pete was uh, was their dear leader? They've settled a total of 106 refugees in that 10-year period. And Vermont, Burlington, Vermont, where Sanders has just one of his three mansions, they resettled less than half of the 3,087 refugees that were admitted since 2009, despite being the state's largest city. Overall, the home regions of Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg settled less than 1,465 refugees in that 10-year period. That's, that's less than a half a percent. It's actually 0.22 percent of the total number of refugees that were settled in the United States, that number being 655,000. There are nine refugee contractors that settle refugees for the U.S. State Department, and these refugee contractors have a vested interest in ensuring that as many refugees as possible are resettled across the U.S. because their federally funded budgets are dependent on the number of refugees they resettle. Those nine agencies are the Church World Service, the Ethiopian Community Development Council, the Episcopal Migration Ministries, the Hebrew International Aid Society, the International Rescue Committee, the U.S. Committee for Refugees and Immigrants, the Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service, and the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. All of those resettlement costs are borne by American taxpayers and total about $9 billion every five years, according to the latest research. Over the course of five years, an estimated 16% of all refugees admitted will receive housing assistance and food stamps and go on state welfare rolls. But these Democrat candidates that are the major advocates for this 
or making sure that those refugees don't end up in their states or in their hometowns. So in the few minutes we've got left, I want to I want to just drive home this point on the Democrats allowing themselves to be hijacked by the Iranian propaganda machine. And when you listen to all of them, you realize that they're they're full of a lot of sound and fury all directed toward the president of the United States. They tell us with a straight face that Donald Trump is going to take us into the war in the Middle East after most of them uh, have facilitated the disastrous wars in, under the Obama administration in Iraq and Syria and Libya. But if you ignore all of the foolishness that they're always engaging in, you notice that there's a giant hole in, in their statements, and that is they're not arguing that Trump was wrong to assassinate Soleimani, and they have refused to say that they would not have approved this mission even Joe Biden gave a 20-minute speech in New York where, by the way, he, uh, he mistook Iran and Iraq. Here's just a short clip of that. The Iran parliament, the Iran parliament voted to eject all Americans and coalition forces from the country. So this is the guy, he said it twice, and he never corrected himself, that confused uh, Iraq's vote to expel U.S. forces with Iran. But in this uh, speech he gave in New York... He did not dare to fault uh, targeting Soleimani. What he did was say, well, Trump hasn't thought of what's next. Well, first of all, Biden's not a mind reader, and he doesn't know what Donald Trump has thought of next. But in any case, uh, you know, the first thing you do when you're being attacked by somebody is you stop them from attacking you. Then you can take time to to uh, think of what your long-term strategy might be. And they're saying, well, it wasn't an imminent threat. Well, it doesn't need to be an imminent threat. Soleimani had been engaging in attacking Americans for well over two decades now, and there was no reason to believe he was going to stop. Well, that's about all I've got for you today. Every, the, all of the stories are about uh, uh, Iran and impeachment. I want to thank you for joining us. Go to my Twitter site at Right Now Jim Dawes and weigh in on today's poll. It's going to be whether or not you believe Donald Trump should have responded last night to take out these missile batteries. And come back here again tomorrow and join us right here on the Mojo 5 Radio uh, Network for another edition of Right Now. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com voiceiq to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.